You are now tuned in to the real Coach JB Slap It Podcast. Last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, it's the last chance for you, last chance for me, will I make it, will I take it to the top, we gon' see. What up, what up, Slapdick Podcast coming at you, the real coach JB here on this fine Monday morning, southern, sun, sunny southern California, it's about Fucking 100 degrees every day lately. So um, it's been crazy hot. I've been doing some yard work. Jack of all trades, master of none. I can do it all. Short, fast, skinny, or tall. Don't even uh, question the ability, you slap dicks. Quote of the day, man. It's my own quote. Um, if your path is more difficult, embrace it, attack it. Your story will be better. That's true shit. I truly believe it. It's on the board behind me. Join me on YouTube live as I have a special guest today. Diamond Dallas Page, the great WWE Hall of Fame wrestler. Uh, Grew up watching um, the Hulk Hogan era and Jimmy Superfly Snooker era and Jake the Snake Roberts era and Roddy Roddy Piper, Andre the Giant. He's been around doing that. Um, for a long time, he does his own yoga company now and has a best-selling book out. So I'm going to have him join us. Uh, we'll have it on zoom as well, video, and I'll put us posted on YouTube and, 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 and on some social media stuff. So, um, so just stay tuned. That'll happen here shortly around 11 AM, about 15 minutes. Um, but I do believe that if your path is more difficult, embrace it, attack it. Your story will be a lot better. Um, you can tell your kids about it. Easy fucking shit. And it, and it ain't no big deal. Nobody cares. Uh, everybody has a fucking easy life. Who wants that shit? Who wants to tell that story? I don't. I want to tell this fucking hard fought story. Blood, sweat, and tears story. Remember, doing something someone else said you couldn't do is the greatest fucking feeling in the world. Um, hot topics, man. Uh, Like I've been saying for a few weeks, man, we're going to see about this coronavirus shit. Let's see if the North Korean president is dead or alive. There's conflicting reports out there, just like bin Laden. Nobody's going to say if he really died yet because they don't want no war or some crazy shit, hostile takeover shit. Um, But we're going to see if it's connected, man. I'm curious. I'm telling you. We'll we'll be back open up within a month because they'll find out that this motherfucker died of it, and that's the reason we created this shit. Um so is it coincidence or what? I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy guy, but we're going to see. I'm curious to see how this fucking coronavirus shit ends up. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, NFL draft takeaway from this weekend. Um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. You know, shit. Packers trade up to go get a Jordan Love kid from uh, Utah State who's, uh, you know, Got a lot of similarities with uh, Patrick Mahomes as far as arm talent, quick release, makes throws from awkward angles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, a lot of off-platform throws if you're a quarterback guy. So we'll see. I'm curious. You know, Aaron Rodgers still has yet to get a skill guy drafted for him. So, I mean, it's kind of fucked up. But 15 years ago today, 
uh, Aaron Rodgers was in the same boat, and uh, he was drafted to basically replace Brett Favre. So he understands it if, if better than anybody. Um, the Eagles took Jalen Hurt. Um, so is Wentz really the guy? I mean, shit, Wentz got replaced. They won a Super Bowl without him. Every time he's played, they haven't really done shit, but he's paid $100 million. So that's my one argument where I do defend Dak Prescott because I think Dak has a better record in the NFC East. He's performed a little better, but yet um, he doesn't get paid, but but this fucker Wentz does. I think Wentz is a little hyped in my for my taste, in my opinion. He's a little bit over... Um, overvalued in my opinion um so it's crazy i think the most impactful guys are going to be the the chase young kid and the jeff okadua kid um from ohio state that went number two number two and three ohio state lsu bama clemson they dominated the draft um and uh you know you won't really know the, the true impacts of the of the tuas and the herbert um those guys going pretty high five and six and then Burrow is on an, as another guy who's going to get kind of thrown to the wolves and be fucked on, on a bad team with no supporting cast. So we're curious. I know Burrow's dad real well. He went, you know, he was a coach at the University of Ohio, or a good friend of mine's a head coach, Frank Solich, and I've sent a lot of kids there. And um, great guy, you know, resigned because he wanted to watch his kid play his last year at LSU. But uh, I'd be curious if he gets back into coaching. But, um, you know, Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Clemson, man, dominate the the draft. You know, USC has a few guys. You know, U, U, UCLA has a guy or so. Arizona State has a couple guys. Like, it's not a lot of shit out west no more. It's been taken over um, by those four schools and Georgia, obviously, and Auburn, uh, Mississippi State. I mean, the, the schools that in the SEC got kids out, you know, uh, even the, the teams that aren't very good got kids out, uh, got drafted, so – uh, Minnesota had more draft picks than the University of Texas. So Tom Herman makes $6 million. P.J. Fleck makes, I think, two and a half, three. But Minnesota, up in the fucking minus 40 degrees where you can't recruit supposedly, blah, 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 has fucking more draft, had uh, more kids drafted than Texas. It tells you, man. Recruiting, blood life of your fucking program. Um, you're only as good as your recruits. Um, seven kids got drafted in the first round from the state of Texas. Not one of them played for Texas A&M, for University of Texas. Unbelievable to me. 36 Texans got drafted. And I believe only three played for A&M or Texas. Like, what the fuck's going on with Texas and Texas A&M? Like, you're supposed to, you getting paid, Jimbo Fisher's getting paid $9 million a year or some shit? Come on, man. Further proof, coaching's overrated. I've been saying this shit forever. This is a fucking recyclable business. It's a recycled coaches over and over and over. Same fucking guys. And... Name me a fucking coach other than Saban and Dabo Sweeney that really deserve the money they get because nobody else does. Nobody else has won. Nobody else wins consistently. Nobody else recruits better. Nobody else gets more kids drafted. Nobody else fucking 
produces better developed talent. They're developing their talent. Like, I don't understand. But you want to keep hiring this motherfucker. The same guys. Like, it's unbelievable, man. It's such a fucking who you know, not what you know business, man. Is what it is. Um, but I think Chase Young and Jeff um, Okadua, however you say his name, I apologize for butchering it. Those two are going to be the best overall guys in 10 years from now. You know, five, ten, five to 10 years. I think they'll be the best two kids in the draft, most impactful. And then you're always going to have some linemen. The Georgia tackle's good. Auburn had a D tackle that's really good. South Carolina had a D tackle that's good. Um, there's another corner from Ohio State that went to the Raiders, who's good. Um, I mean, shit. There's gonna, those are the guys that are going to be impactful. I don't know how great the quarterback class is. I just don't know. Um, we'll see. Um, Jordan Love has to learn from Aaron Rodgers being in a pro system. I think the same with Burrow is going to struggle. He's going to be, I think he's being set up to fail. I think Tua is going to take some time. Um, I think Herbert's the most NFL ready today because of his size and stature. And I believe he can get the ball out quick off of first primary reads and go into a secondary, but we're going to see, um, how it goes. But we'll see. Jalen Hurts, who is he a sleeper or not? I don't know. Um, to me, he's another um, Kyler Murray type. So we'll see. Uh, does he take Wentz's spot? Do they use him like Taysom Hill, uh, who just signed a $21 million contract with the Saints to stay there? Plus, the Saints signed uh, Jameis Winston, I believe, for a one-year contract, who who could be the replacer or the heir apparent to Drew Brees. Um and, and I don't believe there's a better place for James Winston right now than the Saints and, and Peyton um, being there to coach him. So I think that's a good move, but you still have Taysom Hill, so I don't understand they signed those three. Um, they'll have three. Obviously, they'll lose one next year with Drew retiring. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But like I said, um, I had three former players drafted. Uh, Delrick Abrams, shout out, University of Colorado, got picked up as an unrestricted free agent late. Um, I had a kid I drafted, I recruited to Garden City named Arlington Hambright, who was at, started off with me at Garden, and he left. When I left, he uh, he got a scholarship to uh, Oklahoma State. Then he transferred to Colorado, University of Colorado, so I had two kids at Colorado get drafted. He went seventh round, I believe, to the Bears. And then uh, I had a kid, man. A great kid, man, who, who didn't even play for me at Independence, who was there. And uh, we had a 20-state out-of-limit, 20-out-of-state uh, limit at the time. And um, and uh, he couldn't make our roster, man. We were, we were pretty good at those spots. And I got him a scholarship with a buddy of mine at Southeast Missouri State, Coach Took. And uh, they took him, and he got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks, man. Just a freakish dude, too, man. Um so watch out for him, Avery, last name Avery. Uh, great kid, man, great, great kid, and was just a freakish-looking body type. And, uh, you know, he was a little injured when I had him, and he just wasn't going to make the roster. And so I sent him to SEMO, FCS school out in southeast Missouri, and uh, he wrecked shop there, and fucking Seahawks picked him up, man. So shout out to Pete Carroll for taking a shot at him. And um, that's a great story right there, um, to be honest. So. So that's a that's a good deal. Good luck for him. And uh 
And so that's a uh, I'm I'm excited as hell for them. And I still got some guys out there, man. Dior Johnson, shout out, um, shout out Ray Buford, um, DJ Williams, Utah State. Those three guys are still out there as a possible draft uh, undrafted kids that can get picked up. So we'll see. Um, I'm rooting for those guys as well. So good deal, and we'll see how it all pans out. But I'm proud of those guys. A few more last chance, you guys, um, you know, got picked up too. A couple other free agents got picked up from the other show too, from from East Mississippi. So good day for last chance, you guys. And then next year, like I said, I think I'll have 10 to 12 kids maybe. You know, 5 to 10. I'll, let me backtrack. I say 5 to 10 kids have a shot at it um, total over the two years of the show. So we'll see how it goes. But like I said, I got Diamond Dallas Page coming on um, as he'll uh, he'll be joining us soon. We're trying to set up our Zoom deal and and uh, this other thing. But I hope all the COVID-19 shit's been going on. Um, hope you guys have been safe out there dealing with this bullshit. And like I said, man, I don't know, man, if the North Korea guy dies and all of a sudden... COVID nineteen's over with. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really curious. DDP, what's up, brother? Hey, man, I'm a huge fan, man. Grew up watching you, man. Shit, I'm a little younger than you, but I grew up watching you, man, and uh, you did great things. Thank you, bro. It was, a, it was, it was literally, uh, it was a hell of a journey, man. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I hear you, man. Shit, I was just an average Joe football coach, man, and then fucking Netflix comes along and wants to film me, and fucking now I'm a uh, now I can't go to Walmart without somebody wanting a fucking autograph. It's crazy, dude. I wa- I watched your show, man. I thought it was. Yeah, I loved the. I loved the whole concept. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. Nah. Are, are, so so you're still you're still coaching there? Nah, I left, man. It was a fucked up deal, man. It ended up being uh, one of those deals where, you know, all good things come to an end, man. And and uh, sure. it was a it was a toxic environment, man. The townsfolk and. Uh, you know, they, you know, I brought a lot of guys in from out of the area, obviously with a 9,000, uh, you know, t- people town and they didn't like that shit at all. And, and, you know, ended up, you know, they were shitty for about 50 years, man. And we ended up winning it all. And, uh, and it was just one of those pretty, deals. Pretty remarkable story, man. You know, it's kind of, kind uh, of like my career. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no doubt. So wait, you're from New Jersey, huh? Uh, Jersey boy. Yeah. Point Pleasant. Yeah. Born and raised, and uh, by the time I was 18, I was all over the place. Lived in Florida, LA, uh, San Francisco, uh, Texas, and uh, you know, I tried wrestling when I was 22, actually 23. And someone, someone just sent me a like, you know, when you're doing like little independent wrestling, yeah. they'll they'll put together like stuff like on, um, you know, simply they'll just print on the. Uh, you know, on paper, so it's it's sort of like it's a a wrestling card, but it's you know it's just it's just uh, um, guys trying to sell ads in there and you know trying to make a little bit of money. But someone sent me a card, meaning a, a main event card, where I was wrestling in 1979. I wrestled three times, and I sucked, uh, and ended up blowing my uh, screwing my knee up, and I took some time down. 
and ended up running my first rock and roll club. I was 23. And um, hold on one second, Coach. Just want to get this plugged in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just plug it into that. I want to make sure my 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 iPhone don't go out on me while I know, we're talking. Man, I, I deal with that <laughs> shit too. So so bottom line is I, uh, um, you know, I, I got I, I got away from the dream of being a professional wrestler, and I got sucked up in the booze, the broads, and the party, uh, and I had a hell of a hell of a good time for many years and then at, at 31 i was down in uh fort myers florida and that's when um i, I actually met jake the snake roberts who's living with me right now um oh, but i met yeah. jake uh at, at my bar and we were oh. packed and and i saw him come in the door uh from my office and I ran around the outside. I walked up to my girl at the front door and I said, did someone walk in here look like Jake Steak Roberts? She's like, yeah, everybody thinks it's him. And I I've ran in there like a huge mark, you know? <laughs> so I saw him. I, I slowed down and walked up to him at the bar and I said, hey, man, you Jake the Snake? He's like, who wants to know? I go, the guy who runs the place. He goes, yeah, I am. I'm like, well, what are we drinking? And that's how our relationship started. And uh, he would come in because when when your when WWE schedule was crazy yeah. in the eighties and nineties, if you wrestled in Tampa, well, your next night was Miami, and that's two hundred eighty nine miles. Yeah. So Fort Myers was right in the middle of it where I had my club. Ah. So Jake told a bunch of the boys. Uh, matter of fact, I'll show you. Remember, remember uh, Ted DiBiase? Hell yeah never seen pulled off my wall here <laughs> this is ted dibiase at my club in 1987 what is above it is a tequila bottle and we're doing oh. upside down tequila shooters because none of the boys had to pay for any booze when they came through so i developed a lot of relationships with a lot of the guys and then i, I thought i was too old to be a wrestler so I thought I'd become a wrestling manager and I made up this videotape of me and a bunch of guys who wanted to be wrestlers. And what, you know, one was a midget. I called him Teddy bear and, you know, had some hot looking diamond dolls. And I sent this videotape to the then AWA, the American wrestling association, which is basically up in Minneapolis and uh, was, uh, Milwaukee was called through Wisconsin uh, uh, Illinois, Chicago, up, and that was their area. Vern Gagne had the area, and they called me up, and I sent them this videotape, and they're like, you know, we want to bring you and your guys in for a tryout, but we have one question for you. You know, we've shown your tape around. No one's ever heard of you. Where are you guys wrestling? I'm like, uh, the problem is none of those guys can wrestle. They're like, what? Why would you send us a tape? I said, it's like a secret society, man, trying to figure out a way to get in. I can manage until they're ready. And bottom line is they gave me a shot uh, to manage a uh, bad company who won the tag team champions. And that's how I got pulled into wrestling in 1988. Damn. I was reading that about you. I knew you became a manager first and then you, then you started wrestling actually, huh? Yeah. And that that's completely backwards. And I became a manager at 31 at 35 and a half was when I was working for the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And, uh, he, um, 
he brought me in to be a manager of the Freebirds, and then I created what what Scott Hall's Razor Ramon character would look like, and he started as a diamond stud for me, and they hmm. said between my hair, the rap, the you know, the bling, the broads, yeah. you know, yeah. they're like you're taking too much attention away from the wrestler, <laughs> and so they wouldn't let me manage anymore, oh, and I yeah I was doing color commentating at the time with Eric Bischoff. We were the, you know, like the fourth string, you know, we weren't on at prime time, bro. We were on like in Moose Breath, Iowa, at three in the morning. You know, that was our slot. And I knew the next guy to retire that could talk would take my spot. So I figured, screw it, man. I'm going to I'm going to try to uh, become a wrestler. I had seven months left on my contract and I went down that power plant and I trained every day. And I got to tell you, Coach, they beat the fuck out of me. Really? I mean, they beat me up because they, you know, you want to be a wrestler. Now you want to be a wrestler. You were yeah. a manager. Now you want to be a wrestler. Well, let's well, show you. Yeah. So, so it's it's That's kind that. of like a really hard hazing yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. And because if you can't take that shit, you sure can't take 270 days on the road. You know. Shit. That, and so was it WWE then or WWF? Well, that where I came in, it's Ted Turner oh, yeah. had WCW. That's right. And really, the WWF was here. Yeah. And even though they were number two, WCW was way down here. And you would yeah. never have thought this could happen. But when my career took off when I was 40, that was in 1996. And... Monday Night Wars, yeah. you know, WWF against a WCW, which, yeah. which really great. And it's really catapulted my career to a different level because of what I'm doing today with DDP Yoga. But yeah. also what, what the WWE did with the WWE Network. Uh. Like when they put all of the Monday Night Wars up there, it created a young fan base yeah. that had never seen me live. Yeah. I got 10, 11, 12-year-old kids who come up to me at Comic-Cons all the time. Yeah. You are my favorite wrestler. Wow. Like, they can only know it from the network. Right, yeah, right, or, right. You, or YouTube. Or right. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and you're old enough to remember this. When, when they started playing classic rock in the 80s. Yeah. It was like a whole resurgence yeah. for all those great bands from the 70s. So next thing you know, the Eagles were hotter than hell again. Yeah. You know, so that's what it was like for us over this last 10 years that the network's been up there. Because WWE pretty much owns all of what was the major wrestling federations ever. And WCW is one of the ones that gets a lot of play on the WWE. That's why I'm a... WWE Hall of Famer, not the run I had with them, but what uh -huh. I did with WCW when we were kicking their ass because yeah. it did go blip, yeah. and we we beat them for eighty three straight weeks in the ratings. Wow, wow! And so that's it. So when you mean you you beat their ass, meaning uh, figuratively, obviously, how how they the ratings? Yeah. So how ratings. how does that work as far as uh, is that just all? like produced and then figured out and then it's a, it's all about the cast of characters that attract the eyes or, or do you think it's more of like just 
who's hot, who's not, or how does that work? Well, it all it all comes down to talent because, you know, we're in a world of sports entertainment. I don't want to spoil this for anybody out there, but wrestling is predetermined. <laughs> uh, and um, the, the bottom line is, is that who grant, like, I don't care if it's ER or, you know, that show Dallas back in the eighties or, you know, what's ever hot, like the tiger King right now, Yeah, you know, um, who's got the most views today, but like today they, the WWE just made a huge contract with Fox, uh, like, uh, like a half of $1.2 billion not to buy the company to buy the programming for the next eight years. And when, when, when the WWE technically won the war, which was in 2001, there hasn't been any wrestling on TNT until last October, where Dusty's son, Cody Rhodes, put together a company called AEW with a couple of his guys, uh, the uh, Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and they part, and they didn't partner, the guy who put all the money up was... Um, Tony Khan, who owns him and his father, they own the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Wow. So big money, man. You know, big oh, money. Yeah. And because wrestling is programming, you know? Yeah, money talks. Shit. How, how do you feel about the damn uh, XFL folding, man, again with Vince? There is no way I ever thought in a million years that was going to work. And it, you know, may, it, I tell you what, it had some pretty good. You know, yeah. attendances and stuff. And I was thinking, man, this this might really happen. Yeah. And then Corona came through and Corona's kicked the shit out of everybody, you know, who's you know, timing. I would coach, I was I was I was listening to a podcast, and I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast, and they were talking about why businesses fail. Yeah. The number one was not enough money. Number two was a bad idea number three was timing and they were like what do you think is the number one reason why business failed and it was timing yeah and xfl timing wasn't good the first time and it turns out you know it was horrible the second time man it's go, this is the worst i had a i had the luxury of being interviewed man and and, and have a shot at one of those jobs um, when it happened and, um, you know, we were all told, man, that he had, he had sustained, he had nine years of sustainable money to run this thing. Um, and it, and he was so animate about not having a repeat of year one when he did it back in 2000 and, and folding and not trying to follow the NFL model because obviously that, that nobody can chase that model because they're just too big. And then this happens. So, it, it kind of threw me for a loop, was, and now Oliver Luck suing him over wrongful termination, and I, I guess a bunch of other people are pissed. So I don't know if he if he just said fuck it and, and the virus hit it, and that's a good excuse, or did he really uh, did he really not have the money and they go bankrupt? I mean, I just don't see how that happened. I'm trying to shock in the whole situation, but it is what it uh, is. Well, if you go back to 1980, hmm, it would have been about. Wherever WrestleMania, before WrestleMania won, 
Um, are you talking about over 40 years ago? If you go back to when Vince, you see, wrestling used to be territorial, like that AWA I sent the videotape yeah. to. At yeah. that time, they were number three. At one time, they were number one, yeah. meaning that they drew the most at one point. And WWF, it used to be called the WWWF, the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. So that was one territory. Yeah. And then the AWA was in, like I said, Milwaukee, all through yeah. Wisconsin, Illinois, yeah. um, Minneapolis. Um, so they had that turn. And there's Florida Championship Wrestling. Then there was Georgia Championship Wrestling, Kansas City. There was like 40 different territories. And yeah. what happened when Vince Sr. died, Vince Jr. took over and a lot of guts, man. He, you know, he, he put a lot of money out there, <clears throat> and he said that these guys were all going to make top money. And these were the he took all the biggest stars, yeah. kind of like a Steinbrenner thing. Yeah, he took them and put them in the WWF, and uh, they just they cut it to the WWF, and they went worldwide. And he took them out of like the bingo parlors. You know, and the American Legion, you know, yeah. you know uh, buildings, and made it big business, but that could have failed too, you know, but it yeah. didn't. So yeah. risk versus reward. I'm sure that Vince thought, you know, this time he had it down, and yeah. did not count on the coronavirus because the coronavirus is going to take out a lot of companies that should have been right on time with their idea. For me personally, my, my DDP yoga company, I call it DDPY. I'm branding it DDPY now. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just fucking yoga. Because yeah. it's not. Yeah. I developed this for people like you, Coach. Yeah. I developed it for, for athletes who are beat up, yeah. you know, which was me. Because yeah. um, I didn't start wrestling until I was 35. My career took off when I was 40. Uh. At 42... I blew out my L4 and L5 so yeah. badly that three different spine specialists told me I was never going to wrestle again. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. It was the first time I ever got paid. Yeah. So there was no way that if there was a way for me to get back in that ring, I was going to figure it out. And around that time, my wife at the time who I was married to, she was like, you should really try yoga. And I got to be honest, bro. My uh, my response was, I've got to try yoga to heal my body, was fuck that. Yeah. I wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Yeah. That was who I was. Yeah. But again, multi-million dollar, three-year deal. Yeah. And I started doing yoga, and it was really helping me. I noticed in the first couple of weeks, I was blown away. Really? But it wasn't giving me everything. So what I did is I, I started to... Uh, I, I called Dylan and tell him I'm, I'm doing an interview. He's trying to call me. Um, I, uh, I mixed the yoga positions with the rehabilitation techniques. Then I put in old school calisthenics that yeah. we all grew up with, push-up squats, crunches, yeah. that I had to do at a slow burn level because of my back. Yeah. And what I figured out completely by accident is every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle. So when you're doing slow burn push-ups 
as an example, or squats, or anything slow burn, or just doing something like curls where you're pulling through doing cable three, two, one, when you're squeezing yeah. and engaging, your heart rate jacks up. So completely by accident, I developed this workout that today is DDP yoga. Like I say, I'm branded at DDPY. That's kick-ass cardio. They'll dramatically increase your flexibility. They'll strengthen your core at a whole different level, all with minimal joint impact. Mm -hmm. When I started to do this and put this together, within less than three months, I was back in the ring. At 42, they said my career's over. At 43, I'm the world champ. Hell and, yeah. You, know, you ain't getting that out of a box of Cracker Jacks, you know? Like, no our deal is, it's like our Oscar, you yeah. know? Yeah. And for me to be able to get there at 43 years old, that no one ever would have believed in a million years, and I did it, and became a Hall of Famer, you know, it just, it proved, because I never would have been able to do it without DDPY, never would have happened. Today, just about every single top guy in our business is doing the program because it's all about longevity. And what I just started reaching out to, because I did a couple of my buddies from, uh, everybody knows who George Kittle is. Yeah. George Kittle, this season, when he was in the off season, the NBA playoffs, he sent me a uh, picture of him watching the playoffs yeah. And under it was a TV of him doing DDPY with his wife. Oh. Uh, uh, ben Garland, uh, starting guard for uh, 49ers. He come, he's been to my house six times to work out with me when he was working out with the Falcons. Yeah. And then he um, uh, went to the 49ers and he shared it with a bunch of guys. What I really believe I'll be doing in the next three years is working with top high-end professional athletes that understand what I'm doing by helping them lengthen their career and help keep them from being injured. Because okay. as you know, one injury, that $5 million contract, poof, gone. gone yeah. You know? Yeah. And I can help prevent that, you know? Man, I'm, I'm 44. I just turned it in February. And for you to say you won the title at 43, brother, I would have, I've been smoking so many fucking cigars and drinking. I said, there's no way in the world I could have did something like that. You, kudos to you, man. Shit. For winning Thank the you. Title at 43, brother. God damn. That's a. Hey, hey, let me, coach, let me show you something. Let, let me show you another picture. Hold on. I pulled off the wall. All right. Cody, you know, because he's, Cody's like my, uh, Cody Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes' dad, and everybody knows who Dusty Rhodes is yeah. or was. But he's always one of my – without Dusty Rhodes, there is no Diamond Dallas Page. You know, I always say without Dusty, there is no DDP. Yeah. Without Jake Snake Roberts, there's no three-time world champion. Without the both of them, there's no Hall of Famer. Like, they really – like, if you can see right behind me, right yeah. there, that's yeah. – someone drew that for me, a painting, yeah. and it's me on the ring ropes throwing up the diamond cutter sign, and up in the clouds is Dusty. Uh, he couldn't nice. be there. He couldn't be there for that. But yeah. his son, Cody, I've been mentoring him since he was 12 years old. And um, I've been to was there at both of his state championships when he went undefeated when he was a junior uh, at, at 189 wrestling. I was there a senior year when he won the state champs again. I came in from L.A. because that's where I was living yeah. and helped him along the way. And now that he's 
literally doing Dusty's job yeah. with TNT. It's so surreal. But in uh, in December of 2019, he said to me, do you think you got one more match in you? Oh. I go, bro, I'm going to be 64 in four months. I said, I, I got a diamond cutter here and there, but yeah. a match, I don't know. He said, man, it'll be, it'll be amazing. If you just trust me, it'll be amazing. I'd love to have you do something with MJF, who is one of the hottest young wrestlers on the planet. This kid is so great at 23. The way he talks, the heat he gets, his work in the ring. I mean, he's going to be the next mega star in professional wow. wrestling. But uh, he wanted me to do something with him and put it into a tag team match. Bottom line, he talked me into it. And, Coach, this is me at almost 64, flying off the top rope January 15th of this year. Holy shit. So this right here, Coach, this right here proves everything I say about my DDP yoga program. Everything. How do you get that? How do you, how do you subscribe? Or what is it? Is it, a, is it an online deal? Yeah, it's both. It's crazy to me, Gil, because now, you know, a lot of people, I feel bad for a lot of people, like, yeah, XFL folded, bad timing. Yeah. But my company, and it was an eight-year overnight success. And DVDs was our format in the beginning. But I knew that eventually they were going away. You know, when you had everything on your phone, like, Eventually, there's not going to be any more DVDs. But it's crazy how many DVDs we still sell. We were on Shark Tank about six years ago. And we went there looking for money for an app. We really didn't want their money because we had made plenty of money. And we would have, you know, been able to do it ourselves. I wanted Mark Cuban's connections. That's what I did want. Um, But uh, what ended up happening is... We developed this app. I got about four million in it over the years, over the last five years. Four, three or four, three, I think it's three point five or four million. Since it's up there though. And the bottom line is it's not just workouts. Like people will say to me, Oh man, I can't do your workout. You'll kill me. Yeah. I'm like, there's nothing farther from the truth. Yeah. I literally start these workouts for people who are immobile. Like my buddy Bobby Fish, who wrestles in um, NXT. He's as high caliber an athlete as you can be. Tore his ACL. He started with my bed flex workouts, mm-hmm. where you are in bed, because he couldn't do anything with a torn ACL. Yeah. Then he went to my uh, chair force workouts, where you're sitting in a chair. Right. And then he got strong enough to get off the chair. And use the chair. I call it stand strong. And I show you how to use your the chair for stability, strength, balance, you know, the whole deal. Then it goes to beginner intermediate. Today he does my psycho extreme shit. There's over 300 workouts on the app. But there's also every Monday, motivational Monday, where I'm going to blow you away with something that happened to me, something yeah. I saw, or some you know, anecdote from someone else and keep you focused and driven on staying with the program. And then there's all my, all my cooking shows. Like there's two 
cheat. There's two stations, the Food Channel, and I can't remember what the other one's called, that have nothing but cooking shows. None of them have a healthy, healthy cooking show. Right. My shit is no gluten, no dairy, no GMOs, 100% organic. And if you ate one of my meals at my house, you would say, this is the best fucking food I have ever had. It tastes delicious because I don't care how good the food is for you. If it don't taste great, I ain't eating it. Right. And and I'm a, I'm a food snob. You yeah. know, I mean, there's certain things I'm that you know, I'm super regular guy, but when it comes to a place to sleep, the water I drink and the food I eat, it's got to be the best. No so no. that's the app. And it's if you go to DDPY or DDPYoga.com, either one, DDPY.com or DDPYoga.com, you can get the app free for seven days. Mm. And if you get a cameo with me, because people do, do cameos with me all the time, I give them 30 free days on the app. To let them try it out. And then if they want to keep it, keep it. If not, they can bump, you know, bounce to the next deal. No doubt. Yeah, you're doing the cameos too. I got to Fuck, I'm doing those too, man. They're crazy. It's fun. Yeah. And, and you, can, you can make money sitting at home, man. Hey. I No doubt about it, man. And, and hey, you make somebody else happy? Fuck it. I'm all in. Yeah. I'm just 100%. Hey, so how, how was it writing the book, man? I know you got a book, Positively Unstoppable. How, how'd that end up work uh, coming to fruition? Yeah, that can, that, that's done really well for us, too. We actually have a Positively Unstoppable challenge going on right now where you can win, no bullshit, a million dollars. If you have, you have a chance to win a million dollars, the minimum prize is 25000 but you got a hundred books, positively unstoppable books to pick on. You pick the one book that's got the million dollar deal in it. And last year, the guy, if he just would have flipped the numbers, he picked 36 and his age and my age was 63. If he'd have picked 63, some of a bitch would have won a million dollars. So what do you do? You go, you got to buy the book. You don't have to, it'll help, but you're, it's, it's transformation physically and mentally. Like, cause you know, if you don't change this shit here, oh, this yeah. never happens. Hell no. You know, and I don't care if it's playing football or losing weight. 90%. You know, it's all, it's all about the mindset. Yeah. Positively unstoppable. The art of owning it is exactly, you know, what is it? It's no. whatever the fuck you want it to be. Yeah. And I teach you how to reprogram your brain. So it's not just a physical journey. It's a mental journey because you'll never be able to make the physical journey if you've not put the work in mentally. Mm -hmm. And uh, God, we had oh, like 15,000 entries last year. We got more than that this year. Uh, but they can still come on because they've got six months so at the end of April will be the last that they can sign up and they can sign up later, but they'll have less time. Yeah. You know, it'll be instead of five, six months, it'll be five or four or whatever, but people can do an unbelievable transformation in 90 days. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it really, we have like 12 cash prizes and the top one will have a chance to win a million dollars and everything's a positively unstoppable.com and they can sign up there. No doubt. Hell yeah. Um, 
Yeah, man, I, I I use my platform. I wrote a book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, and fuck, I ended up being the six-week <laughs> six number one bestseller, man. I it, it was rated over Tom Brady and fucking Tony Dungy. Who would have thought it? <laughs> Dora, how did that feel, dude? Ah, that shit. had to be hot. Hey, I was like, fuck it. Let me just use my name. I said, fuck it. I'll write something. If one, somebody wants to, to hear it or listen or read it, fuck, man, it blew up. I said, holy shit, man. That, that's how powerful that fucking Netflix shit is. You know what I mean? No, it is. It is. Oh. And yeah. And your shit was all over there for when it, oh. when you when that when they popped that yeah. it was all over. It's like Tiger King, man. Now you know how that shit is. Every 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 so often they get this big show that pops up, man, and it's end up being the most watched show and all that old shit. So talk about timing and that son of a bitch. Here he is sitting in jail. His only fucking his only dream in life is to be famous. He doesn't have to try to win a championship yeah, or yeah. world title. No, he just wants to be famous. Yeah. And well, now he's the most famous fuck around, and he's in jail for fucking probably the rest of his life. But the cool part that come that's come out of this, I heard that they're freaking opening up the uh, the investigation on Carol Baskin. You yeah. know, and the husband that yeah. if you, if you watch that movie, you know that documentary, you say, right. "Of course, you killed that son right. of a bitch." Hell yeah, <laughs> fed that fucker to the goddamn tigers, man. There's no fucking. Yeah. And and she and her, I you know I deal you you deal with people like that. I deal with people like that all the time, man. Those fuckers that smile in your face, stab you in the back, do the same shit that tenfold that you they say you do, but. But they doing the shit even worse. Like she's making more money than he was doing the same. Right, shit. doing the same thing, oh, boy. And man. she was that crazy bitch, boy. Fucking from like, crazy. I don't know. For, <laughs> she was she was made for it. And her her, her crazy husband, man. <laughs> and, but you know what? Everybody's talking about it, man. Oh yeah. So, oh, yo, man. like you said, love me, hate me. It's like I used to have a saying that I used to say to the ring when I turned bad guy again. I always say. You love me, you hate me, but you'll never forget me. <laughs> yeah. So did you end up being a bad guy or a good guy? Most of the time a good guy. In the beginning, all bad guy. Yeah. Because I, you know, it was too much fun. Yeah. And it's easy you know, when you're in wrestling, you know, the fans, they, they, they're going to put you down no matter what in the beginning because prove it to me. What do you got out there? Yeah. And you know, the bottom line is way easier to get people to hate you okay. than it is to love you. That's but when they stuff. flip, when wrestling plan, fans flip, man, you know, that then, you know, they, they can really get behind you and they, they can be the most supportive fans on really? the planet. Really? So, so besides the yoga deal, what do you got going on now? Just, is that the main focus or you got other things going? Oh yeah, you know the uh, DDP yoga is uh, is is my is my primal thing right now because you know right now with I'm about to just start doing some live workouts on Facebook Live, yeah. and I'm going to put together some sort of donation if people want to make them. Probably doing something for uh, for the Cauliflower Alley Club, which yeah. is um, you know that was the first Hall of Fame I went in, and those guys really give a shit about yeah. the old time wrestlers. Because a lot of these old-time wrestlers, they're out doing these Comic-Cons and making a living still. Well, all those Comic-Cons are done right now. Yeah. And even when people can come back, how many are really going to come back in the beginning? Yeah. You know, because you don't know. So I'm going to start doing some uh, some workouts on Facebook starting next, next week live. 
uh, whoever wants to donate to the Cauliflower Alley Club will be able to. And, um, you know, um, I've, got a, I've got a new show coming out on Netflix. It'll probably be towards the winter. <clears throat> it's called Gods and Secrets, and it's a very dark superhero uh, show. And uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, is, it's, uh, is, it, is it reality or is it documentary? Or no, 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 no. It's a regular. It's a, it's an actual uh, um, series show uh, oh. that Adi Shankar put together, and um, it's like I say, it's a very dark. If you're a fanboy and you love the whole superhero thing, yeah. or if you're a gamer, yeah. because the way we develop the fight scenes yeah. for this, it's like playing a video live video game. Yeah. And uh, and then there's an underlining story <clears throat> that no one's going to really believe until they see it because no one's ever done it. Like Adi's a very, uh, very talented cat. And, uh, you know, we, we're in post-production. Yeah, post-production right now. We're on the last stages of the edits and the music and all that. So I'm really hoping it's going to get out. I wanted it to be out by now because yeah. if it was out right now, boom, I, it could. we could have got lucky. And yeah. it's all about getting lucky because you don't know, you know, timing. Yeah. yeah. But also lucky, like people get with it. They feel something with it. And they, there's such, it's such a diverse cast that he's put together that, that people are going to come from all around to at least to see it and try it. Yeah. And uh, we got seven episodes and, you know, Adi's, Adi's really smart. It's Adi's, Adi Shanker's Gods and Secrets. So that's coming up this year. Um, like right now, man, I, I'm in quarantine, bro. In Georgia, that you know, the, the governor just opened up gyms and yeah. you know a few other things, and I ain't going near that shit, man. I'm I'm 64. Yeah. That you know, I don't need any any, any kind of. I think that the shit's still going to hit the fan. I yeah. I honestly believe that we ain't seen you know it ain't got dark yet. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. eventually, you know the the trillions of dollars that they're putting together, you know, uh, all I know is all those small businesses that were supposed to get that money. I didn't see any of them get it. No doubt. You know, and, yeah, you know, but, Los Angeles Lakers got $5 million. Yeah. Right. What the fuck is like, that? How are they a small business? Yeah, that, that, that's the shit. Well, you know, Ruth, Chris, Ruth they, Chris. they gave the money back. Yeah. Ruth Chris yeah. gave the money back because they got 20 million. Yeah, uh, I know a shitload of mom and pop places around here in Atlanta where I'm at. They didn't get shit. No shit, man. It's like yeah. it's like a fucking setup, man, for something bigger. I don't know, man. It's now they say the North Korean president's dead, or or now it's conflicting. But I'm wondering if this shit is is is, is fucking tied up with that. And and, and watching a month, we open back up because this guy died. You know, I'm curious to see if that one works out, man. I'm I'm, I'm not no conspiracy fucker, but I'm just curious on that one. I tell you, bro. A lot of those conspiracies or conspiracy theories—they seem pretty right to me. A lot of them. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, the same shit, man. I, I don't know. If, I know this fucker is probably put together. I mean, this—we we won't know for 10, 12 years. You know how that goes, fuck. No, oh, sure, or longer, twenty-five. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Hey, so who started you in the business, man? Did you have like a fucking like? You know, I talked to some old wrestler heads, man. They were. Bruno San Martin guys or or whoever like did you have an idol growing up or did you say fuck I just got into the management business and then I ended up being this wrestling guy that no I no 
I loved I, I loved wrestling as a kid. I was a big handsome Jimmy Valiant fan, superstar Billy Graham. Damn. As I got into my teens, I got the you know uh, Dusty Rhodes was one of my favorite characters ever. You know, yeah. and that that I could go and Jake the Snake Roberts. You know, in my in my uh, in my um, in my late twenties, uh, early thirties. You know, like like people I related to, and that they all became really good friends of mine. Yeah. and supporters yeah, of yeah. mine yeah. you know uh it, it was crazy man like the shit that really blew me up more than anything was was turning on the nwo yeah. and scott and kev were already good buddies of mine but randy savage is the one who yeah. asked to work with me and we had uh, the feud of the year in 1997 and you know like i never would have dreamed in a million years starting out that I've been working, you know, Hogan and Savage from the late 80s on down. There's nobody that was bigger than them. Maybe Gorgeous George, yeah, you know, yeah. but you could go with that. But those guys were internationally world famous. No, and for me to have my first big angle where we be have the feud of the year and work in three main events in pay-per-views headlining, and we drew a lot of money together. It was pretty yeah. cool. Oh, Hogan yeah. too. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. you have you been watching uh, the Last Dance? Uh, yeah. With yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't see last night, uh, uh, but I, I watched the first two episodes. I got a TV, but I'm gonna watch it tonight. But uh, you know, me and well, Rodman had come into uh, in 1996. Rodman came in to do uh, work with Hulk and. Yeah was a part of the NWO. Yeah. And and then the following year, he came back in again. By that time, I pulled up to that top spot. Yeah. And uh, I had talked to Eric Bischoff, and I was like, you know, what if Hogan and Rodman yeah. were to face me and Malone? Oh, that's and right. And he was like, yeah, man. When he And I put that whole thing together. And we shot the angle on the Tonight Show. It was monstrous. There was one when 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 Hogan and Rodman, um, when they attacked me from behind, Dennis, we were in Detroit. Dennis was supposed to be in Chicago practicing because they hadn't gotten the they hadn't gotten to the finals at that point yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And he yeah. took off practice. To go play wrestling, man. <laughs> you gotta watch it. You gotta watch last night's thing because they talk about how he fucking went to Vegas for a forty-eight hour vacation, and Jordan was like, "Don't let that fucker leave," and he was gone for fucking five days. <laughs> so uh, you know what though? If you, if you look at any guy though, you know, I, I think the only other person I could think about who didn't really want to practice, even though he practiced his whole life was Allen Iverson and that whole 30 for 30 yeah. where they talk about, you're talking yeah. about practice. I mean, there's two guys, you know, yeah. Iverson and Rodman, they really didn't need to practice anymore. Yeah. You know, Rodman was a defensive rebounding animal. Yeah. I mean, of all the guys I've ever been in a ring with, because he's super skinny. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was super skinny, but he was ridiculously strong. Yeah. No, he no. had like that crazy tendon strength grown man you know that yeah yeah like yeah farm boy shit no 
<laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, shit, man. Like I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into this DDPY, man, and uh, check it out, man. I'm gonna have to do something, man, before my ass fucking can't do shit. I'm 40. Well, dude, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up, but if you'll actually do it, do if it. you'll actually do it, I'll hook you up, bro. And uh, I got all the uh, UCLA Bruins, the football team, doing it. Really? I got. Uh, I've worked with Temple. I've worked with uh, uh, with um, Virginia Cavaliers football team when yeah. uh, Bronco Mendenhall went in, uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah. went in. And uh, uh, fr- fr- Frank uh, Warchick, he is the uh, strength coach yeah. over at UCLA. Yeah. And uh, you know he's he's going to help get that program on or get those kids just super jacked up and yeah. got a lot of really good kids there. And they're doing my program. You know, it's all part of their their maintenance program, you know. And the guy who really takes it really seriously and puts the work in, like, uh, God, uh, for wrestling, just got to look at AJ Styles. AJ Styles is 43 now. He's wrestling like he's 24. Uh, Chris Jericho, who's who's the man over at uh, Top Guys at AEW for on TNT, Chris is 49. And still okay. bumping around like he's 28. But again, they're doing my program, you know, yeah. four or five days a week. And again, it's it's the fountain of youth, man. Yeah. And you and, and this picture right here yeah. proves it. I'm yeah, like yeah. 20 feet in the air, you know. So and how 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 are you fucking sore as shit still when you wake up? Or is this you're saying this thing has revitalized your old injuries and everything else? Absolutely. Now I it depends how much I was fucking that night. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. Yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of pelvic thrusting. Uh, so my back's still holding up good. You gotta be yeah. on the bottom a lot nowadays, man. That dude, I'll take. I'm taking the hammer, bro. I'm still <laughs> there, but that's when my back. I might get on my teeter board to hang upside down and. Get, <laughs> That's fine, but dude, every morning I do my workout, um, and I feel great. And the the biggest thing that that beats me up is sleeping. God, remember you're only 44. Yeah, I didn't feel any of that shit 44. Not with what I was doing. Yeah. But at at 54, I started to in my 60s. That's where you really start to pay the price yeah. of what you've done to yourself. Now I'm lucky because I eat really clean. I still have a cocktail. Yeah. You know, I'll still drink some beer. I'll still, uh, I'll still drink some tequila and grapefruit juice. Yeah. Um, and sometimes too much, but most times I'm, I'm regulated, yeah. but, uh, the food you eat will really, you know, contribute to how you feel. And right now with this whole COVID shit, yeah. like it all comes down to your immune system. Yeah. Like you could have someone cough on you yeah. and have that shit. Yeah. And, if you're really eating the right food and not wearing yourself down or working yourself too thin, there's a good chance you might not get it. Yeah. But if you're friggin' wore out eating garbage, you know, and your body's just going to friggin' go, Ooh, what's this? Yeah. And next thing you know, yeah. you're going to have it way easier than the person next to you who's taking care of himself. So yeah. that's, I, I'm not preparing for 65. That's going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. I'm preparing for 75, 85, 95. Yeah, and coach, standing here, like, 
my flexibility is off the roof. But I'm you see how long I've been sitting here talking to you. Yeah. Now, without holding on anything, any point in time, I can take either one of my feet, pull it over my head, and have a conversation with you at 6'4", 226 pounds, and 64 years young. That's youth. Shit. I couldn't do that shit sitting down, brother. <laughs> Any point in time, bro. And Man. that's the whole thing, being able to do that. Yeah. I do hold back the hands of time. No doubt. And again, flying through the air, DDPY, man, that's, it works. And I'll, like I say, you got to be ready to put the work in. No doubt. And if you are, I'll help you. If you're not, then you'll just disappear in the sunset. <laughs> yeah, no question, man. Shit. Hey, I got to do something, man. Shit, I'm sitting around doing this. I'm just sitting around the house every day with my fucking pit bulls uh, drinking. You know, I got to do something different. Shit. Oh. Um, you motivated me, brother. You motivated me. I got to do something. We all need to motivate. We all need to kick in the ass. You know how that goes. Hell yeah, bro. And like I said, I'm the, I'm the guy who proved all the people wrong, bro. Hell so yeah. did you, though. So yeah. did you, though. You know? Hey, I, I say there's no greater quote, man. Uh, I, I, used, I used to have it on my door. And uh, doing something someone else said you couldn't fucking do. That's the number one. That's the best thing in the world, man. To prove somebody wrong, man. So, you know. Hey, you've done it, man. I appreciate it, shit. You, you've been motivated. You seem like a, a down-to-earth dude, man. We'll have to get together one day and have a tequila. Absolutely. You're uh, out there in L.A. now, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm from this area, but then I've been out in Kansas, obviously, in multiple places. My shot in the NFL with the Chiefs, I was out that way, so I was familiar with the area. But I've been all over the fucking place. But, uh, but yeah, my roots are here. I bought a house out here back last June uh, when I sold my house in Kansas. Bought it, brought a brand new one out here. About 45 minutes outside of L.A., though, east. So it's 100 degrees out here right now, man. I hey. heard, dude. My, my, one of my good friends, Marlon Ransom, he's he's out there. He, he told me it was 97 the last three days. Man, it's That's, crazy. I'm like, it, Here in Atlanta, brother, it's like L.A. It's been like 72 little bit of breeze going through and fucking gorgeous, man. So yeah. the world's all upside down. It's all fun. <laughs> How long have you been in Atlanta? I've, I moved here. I've, I moved here in the night in 90. Oh, and then man. I left in 2002 and moved out to Playa Vista in oh, yeah. LA. Yeah. And I lived there for 10 years and I hated living in LA. Yeah. To me, it was like, you know, el, you know, hell with a cover charge, no, you know, no. and uh, everybody a wants lot of people, you know. Yeah, right. And you, you, you know, everybody judges you on everything, everything. you know, from what car you drive to whatever. Yeah. And you know, I, 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 I was, I was lucky. By the end of it, I found some really good people, yeah. but you know, a lot of people are so plastic there. You're oh. at least you're living out to where those prices aren't insane. Yeah, that, I did it. It's unbelievable. You can't get a fucking condo in LA for five hundred. You know. Yeah, it's it's. it's yeah, I, I like Atlanta because man, it's a huge super quality of life. Yeah, it is. And what and what I have in my like I'm downstairs in my man cave down here, but over next door is where my gym is at. Like yeah. not the, the DDP Yoga Performance Center. Yeah. That's a couple miles from here, but 
I've developed and just put cameras all over downstairs. I got four cameras. Yeah. I can go from one camera to another for my things I'm going to do on my app now yeah. and what I'm going to do on, on Facebook. Um, and then I've got, you know, weight room and all that for my buddies who want to lift. I don't lift weights. I ain't touch weights in 12 years now. Wow. And, um, it's all body on body, man. And yeah. my arms are friggin' Jack, bro. Yeah. And I, I, all I'm taking is my one CC of testosterone at 64. I'm not on the gas, you know, yeah. taking a, ma a maintenance. So I've, so I've got a little bit of tests in me, but, um, uh, I've got a hyperbaric chamber, infrared sauna, steam room, hot tub, inversion table, beamer pad. I've got all the shit to help hold back the hands of time. But also, when it comes down to, and this is my goal, in the next three years, I will be working with the highest end athletes, helping them prolong their career yeah. and come back from injuries. The smart ones, like Ben Garland, who can, you know, we, me and ben, ben and met at a uh, at a military function uh, to help uh, veterans and stuff. And as it turns out, he went to uh, the Air Force Academy, and then he got, he got picked up by the pros. He went right to, and because you got to still put his time in, with yeah. you know, once you get out of the Air Force Academy, yeah. you got to put your time in the Air Force. Yeah, yeah. He had to work that and the NFL. He said he was sleeping three hours a day back then. And now he's still a captain in the Air Force. He's one of the most solid son of a bitches ever. Six foot five, 305 pounds, just farm boy he-man shit. You know, benching 500 pounds. Yeah. And when we were talking at this function, I said, so what, what do you do on your downtime? He said, rehab. <laughs> and I said, yeah. and I said, you need to do my DDPY program. He came to my house, came to my house like five times. Yeah. And now he's out in San Fran. If he comes through, we'll get together. Um, but uh, he had a great, you know, they had a great year this year. Yeah. Um, and he wants to play as long as he can. Yeah. You know, I mean, makes great money, but he's also, he's, he's just the guy you want on your team. Yeah, because he is—he's the salt of the earth. I was—I was doing a function for a buddy of mine. Right, he became a buddy of mine. This is a cop who had done tour of Afghanistan and Iraq. Yeah. Badass son of a bitch. Uh, then became a police officer because he wanted to be home with you know found his wife who he loves and started having kids. He's like, okay, I'm done with the military thing. I'm going to do the police officer thing. He got shot in a robbery right in the middle of his head and the bullet lodged inside his nasal cavity. It didn't hit his brain. Wow. They said he, would, he was dead. Then he'll be a vegetable. Then he'll never walk again. Bottom line is Matt Cooper's one of the toughest son of a bitches alive. And I had called uh, Ben up and said, hey, are you going to be in ch any chance you're going to be in town to do this benefit for this officer who got shot, who also is, you know, a veteran. Yeah. He's like, D, if I'm there, I will be there. He had flown in the night before and called me up and said, 
um, what's the address for the Matt Cooper function? I go, bro, you just got back in town. It's 140 miles to get there, too. And I said, it's a long way. I didn't think it was this far. He was like, no matter. Give me the address. Son of a bitch came by himself, you know, and, uh, you know, he's playing for the Falcons at the time. But uh, what a great human being. You know, both those guys, uh, you know, big inspiration. So is that guy walking now? Yes. He only, he doesn't have complete use of his one hand because of the nerve damage, but everything else. I mean, he is such a bad dude, man. I mean, he is a great, a great human being. Yeah, we raised, I did, I called up Nine Line Apparel, who do all my t-shirts and everything. And I normally will, I would do something like where if I did a, um, I I can't remember what the name of the company is, but they let you do t-shirt deals and they'll get it out everywhere and you do some sort of charity with it. And I normally would give like uh, 20% to uh, DAV, which is Disabled American Veterans. And um, for this though, when I heard Matt, I wanted to do a special shirt. That was the Unstoppable t-shirt. And his badge number was 148. That's the number of cops that died the year before. Wow. 148. And I wanted to do it. And I said, I called up Nine Line Apparel, who was, were talking to me about doing, and they're a military. A lot of the guys are former military. Um, and uh, they wanted to start to do my T-shirts and stuff. And I said, well, how much will you guys donate? Like, what's the cost? If we do this thing for, I'm doing this thing for Matt. And I'm not going to give him 20%. I'm going to give him 100%. Yeah. I said, what are you guys willing to to give him? And yeah. I figured they'd say, yo, 20, yo, 20% off. Yeah. They said 100%. Wow. So e- everything that went out, you know, they uh, they got the uh, money for the cost of the T-shirts, but everything else was uh, was paid for by 100% of the profit. We all went to Matt. We raised like 18000 bucks for him. It was pretty cool. Wow, man, kudos to you, man. Fuck. Hey, you're not only a hustler, brother, you, you do it for a good reason, not just the bad ones, like a lot of fucks out there. And you know what? <laughs> a cowardly cunt was probably the one that shot the guy, you know what I mean? That's how fuck. Oh, absolutely. You know absolutely. That? Way, man, it's been a true pleasure, brother. I appreciate you coming on, man. Like I said, I'll, I'm going to send you my book, too, man, and then I'll get yours, too. And uh, Absolutely. I'm going to send you mine, man, and uh, maybe you'll get some kicks out of it. <laughs> I'm sure of that. <laughs> no so, are you going to go in? Are you going to? Are you going to actually? Are you going to give me 30 days on DDP yoga? Are you going to give it to me? So, yeah, oh yeah. So I can do it right here at the house. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm going to set you up. I'll send you a mat, heart monitor, the programs right. What kind of phone you got? iPhone or Droid? I got a Droid. Okay, yeah. so it, it can. It can uh, go through Comcast and go right up on your TV, or you can just take an HDMI cord, stick yeah. it in your phone, in your TV, stick it in your phone, and you know if you're on HDMI four, boom, whatever's on your phone going to come up on your TV. So it's like having a your own uh, DVD player, but it's not; it's your phone. Okay, so yeah, super I gotta simple. Do, I got to do something, man. I, I, I'm looking for something like that, especially light on the joints like yours. Shit, I'm doing it. 
and dude, it, it'll make you feel so. It'll make you feel so good. It'll blow your mind. If you, you put the work in, stuff? you got diet stuff in there. Dude, I told you, I got all those cooking shows on there, man. I just don't tell you what to eat. I yeah. show you how to make it. Oh, shit. You're doing it big time. Oh, I got to <laughs> fuck with it. Hell yeah, man. Whatever you can do, I'll do it. All right, brother. Great talking yeah, to you. I appreciate you, like I said, and I'll uh, I'll hit you up, man, on Twitter or something, and I'm going to share this later on today. You got it, buddy. All right, DVP. I appreciate you, brother. Stay safe. <laughs>